This podcast is brought to you by nbs.fm, the no bullshit podcast network. Hey guys, and welcome to this episode of The Startup Diary. I'm Harrison Mudge, and I'm with my co-host, Adam Callow. And if this is your first time listening to the show, this is where we share the highs, the lows, and all the learnings of what it truly takes to build a business. Over the last seven years, we've gone from an idea, bootstrapped the business, raised some funding from some angels, then raised some venture capital, and we've made a number of mistakes along the way, and this podcast is to help you avoid making those same mistakes. Every Monday, we drop an episode where you can follow our journey building expert trades. And every Thursday, I get the pleasure of interviewing awesome guests from the world of business so I can selfishly learn from their journey, and you can too. If this is your first time here, don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening to this show, then you're probably an entrepreneur like me. I know the benefit of surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals that help you grow professionally and personally. We've built an amazing community through this podcast. Visit nbs.fm forward slash network to learn how you can get involved. So Adam, we had a comment in the productivity channel in our private network Slack channel. I'm glad you're in that channel. (laughs) you should take some notes from that channel that's why i screenshot it um so we had Catherine elton actually comment she said not strictly speaking calendar apps uh, but i've been through trello virus sauna and now we're rolling out monday i'm interested in hearing adam and harrison's thoughts on monday.com are you still using it across the board top tips she says she's craving simplicity at home, so she's got Todoist and a whiteboard, which are making her happy. Uh, and while on productivity, any recommendations for fairly simple but clean process mapping software? Uh, Visio alternatives. She's tried Lucidchart, which she found annoying, and Draw.io, which she's on the fence about. Yeah, so basically, um, Catherine's rolling out Monday for the team. She was just interested to see what our thoughts are on Monday Uh are you still using it across the board? And are there any top tips? So at risk of boring the audience to death uh, in terms of talking about all the problems that I've had with Trello, Asana, Monday and things like that, let me answer Catherine's question. And then if there's any follow-up, Catherine, chuck it into the productivity channel. Um, so we use monday.com as a company, as a whole, and it acts as like a repository to do project management. So... If we look at what the task forces are doing, sales are doing, commercials doing, website team, dev, they've all got their own areas. First mistake I made was trying to apply the same structure to every department in the company. Mm. Um, it didn't work. And I guess it, it just created too much friction. You probably experienced that. Yeah, well, yeah for, like, for, for me, it was uh, certain things were too in the minutiae of like each step. Like for, for like a creative project, for example, there's... There's a, there is obviously a lot of little steps that are in the process, but it got to the point where I was like trying to, I was trying to mark it to the point where it's like you knew exactly where I was, but I was spending more time going back in and going, okay, I'm I'm currently speaking with the client, or okay, now it's my turn to come up with the storyboard. Like, instead, like no, this is just the planning stage. I like I know everything that's involved in planning and and what transitions from planning to uh, scheduling the shoot, for example. So yep. like it so. I came, I was able to come up to a higher level and reduce it from like 15 different steps to just kind of four. And I'd probably say that's that was one of the key learnings is we kind of, 
when all work lives on Monday, turn it into a bit of a war yeah. chant in the company. Um, and we're like, okay, everything's on Monday. Cool. So I've just had that email. So I need to update this. I need to update that. I think it did need that phase though as well, because obviously we, we were going from our own systems. Mm-hmm. and So you actually yeah. think that was helpful just to say, because you kind of went a bit OTT with it at one yeah. point. Where, to your point, you felt like, Every, you, you felt like you're spending more time in Monday than doing the actual work itself. Yeah. yeah, but the alternative I get looking back would be I dabble with Monday and give it just a few, I give it a look once a week and just fill in some information that's not really relative uh, or related to anything or doesn't really have any information in it. So where's all this information, Harry? We need all this information. Where mm-hmm. is it? And then I'm trawling through my notes. Whereas going over the top and then going, how do we refine? was definitely a better approach. Well, I think there's two things in there that's worth unpacking just as a, to help Catherine out mm-hmm. is the first one, how you update Monday needs to be agreed upon by the whole team and not OTT. Like the thing that we did was we tried to f- completely fix the system without running through the system. Whereas if I had to redo it again, I'd say, cool guys, let's do V1 of Monday. Let's all commit to saying, okay, on a macro level, these are the projects, at least put a comment into the project so we know where we are on a Friday. So when we come to sit down on a Monday and we start our weeks off, we know we can see where we are with all these Mm -hmm. things that are in the pipeline, number one. And the second point is, if something only lives with Harry, let it just live with Harry wherever he wants Mm -hmm. it to live. Uh, whoever's the easiest way because we're a small company we, we kind of killed efficiency a little bit where there's real value created is when there's either an asset information or something that has a knock-on effect to someone else in the team and rather than someone messaging harry saying harry like where are we with brett landscaping video as an example mm-hmm. if you knew that someone else was speaking to brett let's say sarah who's sort of brand relationships manager who point of contact with a brand if Sarah's looking after that account when you've done that project you could go in put a one sentence update because it impacts yeah, someone else in the yeah. team and then Sarah doesn't come to you in slack and say hey Harry when your mid flow editing video breaks that and then she calls you because she's on a phone call with Brett I think that there's where value is created so when there's a collaboration or a knock on effect of the work that you're doing put the smallest amount of update that you need to to ensure that the next person can do their work and not distract you because the little time now saves you a lot of energy in the future. They're probably the two things that I think are most important unpacking what you just said, which is like agree how you're going to use it as a team and stick to it. Don't go OTT. Don't kind of do like, make sure all your tasks are updated by the end of the day every day because what happens is there's loads of updates, loads of admin and no one's really checking it because no one's got the time to check it. Yeah, th- things like, um, but, but a comment is useful even if it's just like no change, no movement or, or whatever, mm-hmm. just if you just make it clear that like this probably won't change for a few weeks and things like that. Another thing as well, like I mentioned it before, I'm not sure if I've already cut this out of the show because we waffled this early on. Um, but one thing we found is we were going quite long on pulses as opposed to deep and that causes issues where you can have multiple deadlines when in actual fact you could just have all of this information in a single status. Yeah. But again, th- these are all teething things that you don't realize until you actually make everything live on Monday and, and feel the pain. Yeah, but to that point, I think when you start with any uh, productivity tool or productivity app, they can always do more than you need them to do. Mm-hmm. Because the way these are built, specifically Monday, it's so flexible as a tool, you can do loads of stuff with it. 
I think one of the biggest risks of going into any project management tool is you try and get it to do more stuff than you actually need it to do. Yeah, we, yeah, we ended up adding like a, a shit ton of checkboxes and, check and additional dashboards, and like, star ratings. I've got like I've got a I've got an another box. I've got another status that is referring to another status to let me know that that status is done or not done it's like why don't i just mark it as done when it's finished as opposed to yeah yeah. we we got we got carried away trying to be over efficient and that made us extremely inefficient as a team and then you spend an hour a day on Mm monday.com updating pulses and changing statuses and no change here today update yep so um i'd probably say they're the two things in terms of just like Start off small, roll it out, and then build up the systems and the processes to suit your actual needs, not what you think would be great to have within your company. All these dashboards, mm-hmm. all these widgets, because it all takes a lot of work, and it falls over really quick when one, two, three members of the team aren't committed to it. So get the commitment, small energy and effort to start with, then roll it out. People in our team like Fordy and Mark, specifically like managers who are doing development roles, I see it being worked really efficiently because especially when it's like bug reporting and tasks mm-hmm. that need this collaboration and this feedback and these deadlines works extremely well. For me personally, I don't use Monday for any of my projects anymore. Um, my my goal at the moment is anything that I need to be in Monday for is probably a task I should be delegating out to someone else in the team. That's like a measure for me. Mm-hmm. Someone's tagging me and saying, oh, can we get this image for so-and-so? no. I shouldn't be working on that now. I'm trying to work on helping you with your OKRs and these people and acting more as a CEO coach. The key thing that I found is I was um, getting distracted a hell of a lot logging into Monday, using it as just a procrastination tool. Um, as, a, as a CEO of the company, that's how I was using it, basically. How I operate now from a productivity perspective is I use something called Things 3 uh, across my devices, which allows me to easily capture my thoughts and my notes and my to-dos. They live in an area which I then organize every night. So I have something called clean and define every single night. Do that for 15, 20 minutes. Uh, and then uh, Sara helps me basically. I wake up in the morning, Sara goes through my activities. The stuff that I've said is important. She schedules into my calendar for me because it helps me because I'm terrible at procrastinating. I like to fiddle with things in the company. So the key learning from that, because I don't want to dwell on it too long, is the tools will do what you need them to do. Mm. Define what you need them to do before you pick the tool, then make it work for you, not the other way around. That's probably my big takeaway. Um, and Catherine, if you've got any specific questions on Monday, like how to do certain things, they've got great webinars. I probably can't help you. Uh, yeah. They're fantastic yeah. webinars and you'll probably learn stuff a lot quicker than we are right now. So I'd love to sort of learn about your experience as you dig into the world of monday.com. Uh, and P.S. Just, this is not an advert for Monday.com. No, we've got a referral code. We can. <laughs> <laughs> it's expensive as well. Yeah. Uh, and just on it's that, like Catherine. It's like a per user basis. Yeah, as one well, thing right? I will say, Catherine, is just be aware of inviting guests and having users that are no longer needed. So an example, we were on like £320 a month or something. I had two people in there that were no longer in the company. I forgot to How many them. total users was that? I think we've got, I think we had 17 users and two people were no longer in the company. So we've got a couple of people that work part-time in the company. They still need their account. Mm-hmm. So I think it was something like going from 15 to 17, made it move it from £186 a month to like 330 I deleted right. those two accounts and then it allowed me to go to 186 automatically and I saved 150 quid. But it didn't auto downgrade you either. No. No, no. So just be aware of that yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of how guests use it as well. Because one thing that works really well on Monday.com is we now try any third-party company we work with. So agencies, freelancers, even some of the brands that we work with, we can create shareable boards with them. 
and then we can use it as a collaboration tool to manage a project. Less important for us now from a brand perspective because mm-hmm. we're not doing that sort of work anymore. Um, but from a agency and a freelancer perspective, we bring them onto our platform compared to letting them drag us onto theirs. Can become a bit of a standoff at some point, but all work lives on Monday. <laughs> uh, and just before we go, I don't know if you've got a comment on this, but she uh, she said, while on productivity, any recommendations uh, for fairly simple but clean process mapping software? Process mapping software. She's tried Lucidchart, which I know you're a fan of, but she says it's annoying. Draw.io, she's on the fence about, and she's looking, or she's looking for a Visio alternative. Yeah, so Lucidchart is something that Wilcox uses, Mr. Sam Wilcox at Tribecta. Um, he... I guess it's the same with all these tools. Like you got to find something you like and you make it work for you. And mm-hmm. that's, I've said that sentence now it's like in the indestructible book. It's about making your technology work for you. Really important. Stuck with me. Uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of Whimsical. Um, so uh, W-H-I-M-S-I-C-A-L, whimsical.com. Kind of like Trello from a... Um, uh, UI UX perspective, really easy to use. Uh, there's a free trial on there. I think you can basically create three boards, which are workspaces uh, for free. And then there's a paid plan. Top tip, by the way, uh, if you want to just keep it free, the boards have no edges. So you can just make endless <laughs> amounts of stuff and just space it out. So when I'm on a client call, for example, I'll create their thing. <laughs> like zooming out. Yeah, just like, like just go like over that part of the board and just use that. Um, super easy to use. The learning curve is is pretty simple, to be honest. And uh, I guess for me, the reason that I like it so much is historically, I've really struggled to do documentation and explain things well in an email, especially to developers. Um, so with me and Mark, when I fired up Whimsical, I was like, oh, here's what I'm trying to do. Like he was like, in love with me that day he was like finally you fucking understand this is how i need you to tell me and for me it allows me to visualize stuff i'm a visual guy so um from a mapping perspective whether it's user flows user journeys marketing campaigns all that does it have like templates and stuff like that um don't think it has templates uh but it's got like all the stuff that you need from user flow bits in terms of the bubbles the triangles mark educate me that certain things should represent certain things so if there's a decision tree you should use this sort of circle or whatever it is mm-hmm. um wireframing software is in there so if you're doing some of the stuff i've sent you if i'm like harry can we do this leaflet I yeah, can just, yeah yeah i can like yeah. drop in a wireframe i can say there's an image here there's an iphone here if you're doing web mock-ups and app mock-ups grab whimsical it gives you all the buttons mm-hmm. and you can basically say okay here's the frame i want this to do this and draw the arrows it's really easy to use and it allows you to communicate technical stuff really easily how i use it is with brands now so if i'm talking about a campaign I'll load the campaign up. I'll color code it. It looks impressive in terms of clarity. Like, well, shit, these guys know what we're going to try and do and when it's going to happen. I just walk them through the user flow very visually using Whimsical on a Zoom call. uh, And that allows me to not spend too long creating a presentation and a deck and probably get quicker to the outcome, what we're trying to Mm -hmm. achieve and and find the teeth and problems. So I recommend Whimsical. Last thing on productivity that I want to talk about, Harry, uh, I just want to plug it here because this has sort of become a bit of a, a tools and apps and stuff show. Um, big fan of Spark uh, email client. So you know me. <laughs> I've been I've been dabbling with email clients for a very, you very made, long time. You made me download Polymail once and ever since that terrible experience, I'm not downloading another email client. I'm not going to try and convince you, uh, but... 
Spark for me has been the one email client that has ticked nine out of 10 boxes for me. Um, so multiple emails on one account, it's local. Uh, I don't need to be connected to be working through my inbox. I can write all my emails and as soon as it connects, it sends. The templating part of that is beautiful. So it's so easy to write, predefined templates, pull them up in emails, use custom fields. Your calendar's built in automatically. I just highly recommend if someone's using an email client already, try Spark. If you're a bit pissed off with having three or four different Gmail accounts, the permissions, the settings of logging in, logging out, sign out of this account, all this crap, try Spark. Top hack for us as a commercial team, me, Sarah, Catherine, Sam, is I got really tired of email threads, backwards and forwards, one, two words, da, 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 da. So in Spark, you can invite team members. So if an email comes in from a client and we're doing a deal, rather than me forwarding it to Siren Sam and be like, hey guys, this has come in, what's your views on X, Y, and Z? You can basically create a chat underneath an email. So I can then tag Siren Sam and say, guys, this has come in, what do you think? little chat box comes up underneath the email. It pops up into their inboxes. We talk about it. And once I've got the outcome that I want, I do my email, take the action, and then it goes from everyone's inboxes. So it allows you to basically create a mini conversation like a Slack channel for an email compared to having seven email threads. You just hash it out real quick as if you're in a Slack, and then that goes. And it just, my inbox is a lot cleaner now, and I'm feeling better mm -hmm. for it. So that's my little hack. Try Spark. Um, would love to hear how people get on with it. Sam's using it as well. Um, he's got a couple of teeth and problems with the calendar thing, but I think nine out of 10 of the things that I need from an email client, it does. The one that's missing is no one will ever do it as well as Google's uh, web app. The search, like Google's web app, you can always find the email that you want using little hacks of search criteria. The indexing and the search for a local email client, it just never works as well as going into Gmail. So if I know I've had an email from someone seven months ago and I'm trying to find it, can't find it in Spark, regardless of what I do. I go to Gmail, I can find it pretty quick. That's it. That's the only place it lets me down so far. Cool. We will leave it there. Guys, if you have any questions, just like Catherine did, you can either email startupdiary at nbs.fm or you can show your support for the show and join the network just head over to nbs.fm forward slash network to find out more adam any final words before we get off of this people listening to this will have just had their bank holiday monday we're about to go into the bank holiday weekend i need it <laughs> uh, nothing from me mate i think um, i'm looking forward to sharing some of the stuff that's going on in the company over the next 60 days. It feels a little bit um, business as normal, a little bit slow right now for the podcast. Uh, from my perspective, might just be me in my own head. Having I, th I, think you, I think you built up that the podcast is always about like, because it is the highs and lows, but yeah. you're like, this isn't high enough. This isn't low enough. <laughs> I, I do. And I'm like, ah. Oh. And sometimes I'm like, I don't want to get the mics and waste people's time. Mm -hmm. But some of the stuff that we talk about, like some of these shows that we just chuck in between, people are like, actually, I really enjoyed that show. Yeah. I'm having an absolute blast with some of the interviews. Um, I guess personally for me, uh, just email me, adam at nbs.fm. Um, I want to get better at interviewing. It's something that I'm actually really passionate about as I move into becoming a coach as well. I want to get better at that. So please critique and give me, like, if I do stuff on the, the shows that annoy you or if I'm not asking the questions that you want, mm -hmm. if you want to know more about 
yeah, great, Adam. Like, I want to know how this business started or like how did they get the first customer? Like, Tell me the stuff that you guys want to hear and I'll, I'll navigate those conversations. But I'm having an absolute blast with those. So I'd love some feedback on that. Um, and yeah, the next 60 days from us as a business, we're going from 55 services to 12 services to three services. We're packaging those services up right now. And then we're going to get a three-way conversation soon because me and Sam are going through a course together right now in terms of how you package up services. So we critique each other's stuff. I say that. He critiques mine. He's fucking fantastic <laughs> at asking the right questions. Yeah. Um, and then I will give him uh, very loose feedback on his because he's got it absolutely nailed down in terms of how he packages stuff up. But we're going to bring that onto the show about our key learnings from this course because it was, uh, it's been really helpful for me and I think it could be helpful for you guys in terms of how you package stuff up uh, and uh, allowing you to scale really, especially if you're in a service-based business. So won't waffle on about it too much now, but looking to bring that onto the show and then we'll get Sam Marsden on the podcast, our new mm-hmm. commercial director. Um, I know he's been on the show. He's got a spot on the show coming up, but once he's been in the business for 90 days, I'm looking forward to sharing how he's got on. Grilling him. Grilling him. <laughs> Cool, we'll leave it there. Speak to you next time, guys. Bye.